A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Own. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, it does not look like we're going to have much for tracking snow for the deer season hunt that continues this week. Welcome in, everybody. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Youngke. Glad to be along with you. Yeah, it is going to be a little chillier today than it was yesterday, but not much in the way of precipitation. Daytime highs today right around 33. Tomorrow, sunshine and 43. Wednesday, cloudy skies and 51. And Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, a little chilly. 33 are expected high, but again, not much in the way of precipitation. We'll be getting more weather details from our man, Stu Muck, joins us live in about 15 minutes. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit holidayvacations.com or, better yet, call them 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. I live in the Osseo, Wisconsin area, and one of the sweetest people I know is John Logterman. If you want to talk with him, you're going to get really sweetened because John knows honey. John and his wife, Ingrid, of course, have a great honey operation in Osseo. And by the way, I'm Scott Schultz on the world's northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And Pam, you bumped into him. And he has an update about what's going on in Wisconsin honey. Yeah, you bet, Scott. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. That's because he was presiding over the 2021 Fall Annual Convention of the Wisconsin Honey Producers Association that was held in Wisconsin Rapids. Great turnout. More than 200 folks that gathered together. Uh, For those folks, it's as much about camaraderie as it is industry information exchange. I sat down with John Logterman, who is their current president, and asked him to tell me a little bit about how he got into the industry and maybe as important important how that industry fares after the pandemic. I originally started I had a couple college buddies with around 20 hives and then I was working and two co-workers took a bee class with the Dunn County uh, beekeeping group and then they ended up getting some bees and they were telling me about the process and it sounded exciting so I decided to take the class um, and then from there I got five colonies and have grown the business since then in 2008 to uh, we ran just under 1400 colonies this summer. Right and you've got I'll call it a diversified operation John explain all the different facets of your bee business. Yeah so we um, package uh most all of our honey and uh, distribute it direct to the grocery stores in the Eau Claire area. Um, we do sell off any bulk honey extra that we have uh, to other beekeepers that are out of out of honey. Um, and then we do also uh, pollinate uh, cranberries in the state and then our bees uh, go out west to California and we pollinate almonds. Why did you decide to kind of diversify? Was it uh 
just wasn't enough honey to make a living, or was it that the the business of pollinated cranberries and almonds was lucrative? Yeah, so in our particular area, the honey crops um, aren't very large. Okay. Um, in some of the other states, you hear about 200-pound um, honey crops. There's places in Wisconsin that'll do a 100-pound crop. We don't do that large a crop. And originally, I recognized that, so that's why we uh-huh. started retailing mm-hmm. uh, to grocery stores. That gave us more margin. Yep. So we were, uh, even though that we weren't producing the same pounds, the revenue on the honey was close. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea behind the pollination was, is that's guaranteed money. The honey crops are up and down as far as the pounds that we get. So the uh, guaranteed revenue is uh, something that we work off our baseline on our budget. And then the the honey, we just kind of fill in the gaps after that. Absolutely. Tell me what the past couple of seasons have been like as far as honey production. I mean, Wisconsin's weather has been, here we sit in November and there's not snow on the ground yet. Yeah, and we have seen in our particular area, uh, our honey production was down. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of weird. It seemed like there was a band through the middle of the state uh, where we ran more bees but maybe got less honey Mm. but we did across the state talking to people at the convention there are some spots that really did well the last couple Mm. years and it just is maybe dependent on the soil types and the amount of moisture Mm. and when the moisture hit this past year right you know that's the other thing Uh, we had a cold snap that came through this spring I've got to believe that's not really what you guys in the honey industry want. No, I really put some things behind. We actually had a couple inches of snow there yeah. that third week mm-hmm. in, in May, and I think we froze some of the, the tree the buds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so um, that early, we didn't make much early honey. All our honey came in after the 4th of July this year. So, right, right. yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the pollination business then. Wisconsin cranberries make sense. Uh, what kind of demand are you seeing from that side of the industry? And then tell me how you got into California. Yeah, the the cranberry growers are very receptive to having Wisconsin bees pollinate in-state. One of the reasons they have a hard time getting Wisconsin bees is that's our main honey season typically as well. The cranberries are in bloom. Uh, What ends up happening then is there's a lot of bees that come from out-state and because where they're coming in from those other parts of the country, they don't have a honey crop being produced at that time. So they come up here for revenue. Mm. Um, But typically speaking, the quality of the bees in Wisconsin from Wisconsin beekeepers are better than the out-state bees. Mm -hmm. Um, How I got into doing the almond uh, pollination run uh, was we were... I would say struggling with the overwinter survival rate, um, with the variability that we see in our Mm -hmm. temperatures and stuff. Um, So the thought was, is we could get them into a warmer climate and still make a a revenue stream out of it. Uh, And so far that's been working very well. What what other obstacles or what don't we know about trying to manage bees in California these days? Uh, <laughs> there's always some sort of obstacle. When we put them on the semi, um, we don't have 100% control of them after they mm-hmm. leave our hands. Uh, when they get into the, the almond groves, even a- at the end, there's flooding out there. Mm. There's weather conditions yeah. when they're set. Um, there were commercial beekeepers from Wisconsin that had hives dive la- last year. There was a 90-mile-an-hour wind that oh. came through. There was lids that were blown off, four inches of rain on top of the bees after that. Uh, so you run into those type of issues. On top of that, uh, when it's time to get the bees pulled out of the orchards out there, it is a mad rush because the almond growers want to spray. Oh. So you get an overlap sometimes of fungicides being applied while the bees aren't all the way out of, of the orchard. So tell me about how you 
have to manage for viability uh, and how, you know, I'm learning more about uh, the breeding side of things and trying to keep your hives prolific. How, how do you manage through that, John? Um, we work with a, a commercial uh, queen breeder out yeah. in California. That's where our genetics come from. Huh. Um, we requeen a vast majority of all our hives every year mm -hmm. um, to try to give them the the best. A fresh queen is is the best way to go uh, for us with them transporting them like we are. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like management related, we we have to feed the bees. We have right. to monitor their mite loads. Yep. We have to. It, it's an intensive. Uh, management we, we actually get through when the bees are through the summer we're in them every two weeks yeah see that's the thing I think there was a lot of interest from a lot of I guess you guys call them sideliners or homesteaders during the pandemic and I don't think people necessarily realize the intensity you have to have for managing them right and it uh, but pre-mites um, I've heard stories of beekeepers you'd put the bees out in the spring put the honey supers on come back three months later take the honey off everything was fine that is not how they are managed today uh, the health of the bees just isn't there uh, to be able to do that we we really stay on top of things mm -hmm. um, and then I've had a livestock background so for me managing them as intensely as we do is kind of like uh, farmers doing chores having livestock and stuff you you just you just put it in that same class, um, and it's been well. The, the management practices that we've implemented since then, it's a lot of labor, but we do see the good results. So, John Logterman is along with us. He's the president of the Wisconsin Honey Producers, uh, producer himself from Osseo. How is Wisconsin's honey industry doing as far as beekeepers, uh, support industries? I think there's an awful lot of interest, a lot of people that are probably asking more questions about you guys these days. Yeah, the interest has uh, been uh, I, I, very high. Um, throughout from like 2008 on up, we've had an increase in uh, people being interested in it. There's a lot of bee sales that take place with uh, hobbyists and sideliners getting into bees yep. or expanding their operations. Um, that, that has been a big boom for the commercial beekeepers to supply those. Um, what we also have is we have equipment suppliers that mm. have expanded in the state oh. for uh, boxes and equipment related for beekeeping. Mm. Um, that business has expanded. Um, and then the other thing that, you know, trucking, trucking, getting the bees hauled around. Um, it, that's a right now that's a tough thing for us just like everybody else getting a truck on time to get the bees where they need to get to so but those are those are offshoots of what's going on during the pandemic did you have any supply chain related issues did or was it like much of agriculture kind of life as usual bees don't know about COVID nope the bees were fine the supply issues we're still having on our end for uh, honey packaging hmm. we are having trouble with glass uh, we did run into a little bit of trouble last year with plastic. We haven't had uh, plastic containers. We haven't mm -hmm. had any issues with that, but we glass is in short supply. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So we, that's, that has affected us. Now, we're here in Wisconsin Rapids. It's got to feel good, though, to get back together with everybody. Oh, it's it was a long two years. We didn't have this convention last fall. We did Zoom meetings for our district meetings uh, in the spring. So really, it's getting, it's like a family reunion almost. Everybody's a lot to talk about. We've actually, part of the convention, we put a lot of networking time in right. because we know there's a lot of people that haven't got to see each other in a long time. And the organization really is based on networking and the 
the social aspect oh, yeah. of it and everybody getting together. So, yes. Sounds just like all agriculture getting together. And uh, from what we understand uh, from Anna Kettlewell, they've got over 200 uh, folks that have gathered together in Wisconsin Rapids for the 2021 fall convention. John Logterman from Osseo, their president from the Wisconsin Honey Producers Annual Convention in Wisconsin Rapids. I'm Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Gemplers has Carhartt for the whole crew this season. In stock and ready to ship to you today. Jackets, sweatshirts, hats, gloves, and gear to keep you and your hardworking team warm all winter. Plus, get free gifts with orders of $100 or more. Gemplers helps you stock up on Carhartt while giving you a little something extra this holiday season. Shop Carhartt and other favorites at Gimplers.com or shop their store in Mount Horeb. When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair. And for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala. After decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through, and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your Well, I'll tell you, it's a cooler way to start your day on a Monday morning. Welcome in, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee in time for your ag weather update, brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial. Joining us this morning, our man, Stu Mock, ag meteorologist. And yeah, yesterday, outside, uh, didn't need much of a sweatshirt on this morning. A little bit of a turn as far as temperatures are concerned. Yeah, a lot cooler this morning. I don't know. The breeze kicked up yesterday afternoon after the Packer game. I didn't much care for that either to be out in that kind of a wind. But, uh, you know, high pressure is just off to our south. Skies did clear out. You could see that just past full moon pretty bright, at least when I was up this morning. It really did brighten things up. There's a front way off in the eastern part of the U.S. this morning. None of that, anything we have to worry about. There's precipitation, Pennsylvania, New York, and all down the seaboard. None of that. 
is going to return or have any kind of an effect here in Wisconsin. In fact, what we may see is some lake effect snow way up north. The UP could see several inches of lake effect snow today. For most of us, that really doesn't mean anything at all. With that high pressure system just off to the southeast, we'll have sunshine, but a cool day. West winds, although they're not very strong, thankfully, will still bring some of that cool air in and keep those temperatures on that cooler than normal side. But that turns around very quickly to get this week started. In fact, our temps rise up pretty nicely, getting back into the neighborhood of normal already by Tuesday, and even above normal by Wednesday. No imminent threat, no major big snowstorm trying to build in. A cool or warm front, excuse me, does build from the Dakotas close to western Minnesota by Wednesday. I don't expect it to have much of an effect at all, but it will mean a few more clouds for midweek along with that warm-up. And even those clouds begin to break up Thanksgiving Day, but we cool it off again. That's how it's worked here the last couple of weeks. The nice big warm-up Tuesday into Wednesday, and then cooling off quickly for Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Even a bit cooler for Black Friday, Friday, and then slowly turning around again in the weekend, still ending up just short of normal in the upper 30s, but at least it doesn't sound too uncomfortable at all, as, of course, there still will be chores and outdoor work and things we do on the farm that aren't going to change, even because of a holiday. So, be ready. The start of this week sounds a whole lot more mild, and then it does change, and I'll have those forecast details right after this. BadgerBean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. BadgerBean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit BadgerBean.com today. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, not much for tracking snow across the state of Wisconsin. The only good thing about that is at least the travel for Thanksgiving break looks halfway decent. It should be okay, with the exception of uh, being a little colder, I think. Uh, looking on toward Wednesday night, Thursday, whenever you may travel, it's going to be colder than it is right, or at least as we get the week started. How about that? A sunny Monday, our Compure Financial Ag Weather update is for that sunshine to be around today. A lot of low 30s. Could be an upper 20 at Eau Claire. I still think we'll have 30 or better there. The west winds about 5 to 15. Generally clear overnight. Clouds do build into western Wisconsin. Now, that's going to make a bit of a difference. A lot of us will drop into the teens overnight. Western Wisconsin, La Crosse, possibly Mauston up to Eau Claire, may stay in the low 20s as some of those clouds build in. That's kind of a, a geographic thing. West winds become south overnight about 5. Mostly sunny skies around for Tuesday. We all take a turn back up into the lower, even mid-40s. That's back to normal. The south winds at 5 to 15. Mostly cloudy Wednesday. A lot of upper 40s, some low 50s at La Crosse and Madison and areas to the east. South winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25 for travel on Wednesday. And I do expect some clouds Thursday morning, but even then it clears out 
but low 30s most likely for Thanksgiving Day, Pam. So a little cool for your after Turkey Day walk. Well, that's all right. That's all right. We'll we'll need to sweat ourselves a bit to work off the bird, but that's all right. Like I said, so long as we're not worrying about sliding and gliding around, it should make for a at least a halfway restful break. Yeah, yeah, I don't see any of that. You know, there may be a stray flurry tries to pop in here or there, but none of it's going to cause any real slowdowns for us traveling or getting out and about. All right, sounds good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and see if anything changes, okay? Sounds like a plan. See you then. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial is your financial partner when it comes to agriculture and rural America. Find out more about them and their options at Compure.com. Bison production, part of our conversation on this Monday morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When severe weather hits and the power goes out, do you have a plan? For reliable power and peace of mind, propane can do that. It only takes about 10 seconds for a propane power generator to restore power to your home. So no matter what Mother Nature has in store, you know you're prepared. Learn more at WIPGA.org. This message is sponsored by your local propane provider and the Wisconsin Propane Education and Research Council. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof. Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compierre.com slash crop insurance. Compierre does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compierre Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. 
the Madison Police Department, and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with an armed robbery investigation. On October 30th at 3.41 a.m., officers were dispatched to the Quick Trip at 7502 Mineral Point Road for an armed robbery. The suspect entered the Quick Trip with a black handgun and demanded cash. The suspect is described as a slender, light-skinned male in his mid-twenties. He is approximately 6 feet 2 inches tall, wearing a blue hoodie, black pants, and vest with a blue mask. He fled with an undetermined amount of cash. This incident may be related to an armed robbery at Walgreens on Mineral Point Road. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Homeowners, you're ready to do battle with Old Man Winter. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee for my friends at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. And I'll tell you what, I've got my snowblower ready to go thanks to McFarland. You know, for smaller households, you don't want to be doing battle with a shovel when you can check in at McFarland's. They've got a wide variety of Toro snowblowers ready to serve you. All under one roof. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street or online, McFarland's.net, getting you ready for winter. Doctor. Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland. A stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. I'll look around the Big Ten. Um, I, I really just want to slightly call Michigan State frauds because Ohio State's going to run over them. But it's we'll 19, get into that. Yeah, nineteen point favorites. That's insane. Yes, that's that's insane. Um, I actually I tweeted this nugget out. I saw it from Chris Felica, who works for ESPN, who put it out there, but didn't uh, actually say the answer to it. Did you know that the 2018 Pinstripe Bowl, Wisconsin wins 35 to three in Yankee Stadium was the last time the Badgers were underdogs against a team not named Ohio State. I did know that because you tweeted it out. So, yeah, I saw that. Did you know that Paul Chris has only been an underdog nine times against teams not named Ohio State? I find that remarkable. Yeah. Nine times against teams. I mean, we could probably guess upwards of six of them. We probably could. Now that we have the I mean, pinstripe hole. I don't yeah. necessarily have to guess. But, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked it up. So, like, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, so nine, I mean, nine nine times outside of the, the Ohio State games in which they've been underdogs every single time. Yeah. Uh, only other nine other times. Yeah, yeah. So they are nine-point favorites against Nebraska on Saturday. Win or loss, they're going to be favored again against Minnesota, I feel like, uh, especially how those teams are trending. And then I, whoever they face in the Big Ten Championship, unless it's somehow Michigan State, they're going to be underdogs. Um, and 
And it's and it's significantly worth noting that Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson will be calling that game. Wisconsin is undefeated when those two are not on the game this year, and they are zero and three when they are. Yeah, it's not ideal, but hey, Fox Big Kickoff, Fox Noon Kickoff, Fox Big Noon Kickoff, whatever the heck it is, even though it's not noon here, it's the best time window in sports, unless you're a fan of a team and not want to go to a game. I'm very much a fan of a team, but you don't actually. Like, you've been to four games this year, you said? Yeah, which is bordering on the majority. Probably not the majority, but it's darn close to half. Yeah. I, I think if you got a, if you asked everybody what the perfect time for a game is, it's not going to be 11 a.m. Um, yeah, and I for would, me, I would adamantly disagree with that. For me, I'm all good with it. I don't, I'm, I'm not going out and getting drunk before the game. I'm not going downtown and, and having a great time before the game. If I was, 11 a.m., horrible time to kick off a game. 2.30 used to be my favorite, um, and the the thing is, everyone is clamoring for more night games. I, well, it gets dark now at, what, 4.15? It'll be night. So, it'll be night games. So it'll be night Saturday. by, I mean, it depends how much Wisconsin runs the ball in the first quarter, but yeah. it, it'll be night probably by the second quarter. Yeah. So I, that, I, I don't want more night games. Like, if I was a fan, I wouldn't want no more night games unless they're good night games. Like, right. I, I don't care to see Army in Wisconsin at 7 o'clock. I don't care to see Eastern Michigan in Wisconsin at 7 o'clock. If you want to put Wisconsin-Michigan or Wisconsin-Penn State at 7 o'clock, all for it, Right. if I was a fan. Right. Uh, other things today, don't know if you saw this, but people within the Colts organization, most notably Chris Ballard, their GM, who is proving to be one of the best GMs in football. Do you know where he went to school? He went to Wisconsin? He did. I, I actually did not know that. Played for played for uh, Barry. I I think I've I someone I I've heard that somewhere, but it was not that's not a factoid that's just on my mind. So before you get into this, which is it's it's a great comment. I saw the comment and like the the audio and everything like that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna play the audio next when, hour. When they drafted when they drafted Jonathan Taylor, he goes, "You're my first Badger." <laughs> so like that's he was cool. extremely extremely excited to have him. I love it. Yeah, he's aside from the Carson Wentz trade, which is going to derail their franchise. He's he's proving to be a really good general manager. So I we'll get into what he said on the Colts hard knocks about Wisconsin star and now NFL star Jonathan Taylor. Um, more Green Bay press conference stuff, which we're going to get into. There was obviously the Rodgers thing, and I think part of the the reaction from that has seeped into the press conferences of others there there is so there i know so but but (laughs) we're gonna play the audio and we're gonna talk about it zach i'm sorry i I, yeah sorry i and then it's friday man it's it's been it's been a week i know i i I know i was here i think 12 hours total yesterday yeah not complaining though not complaining not at all it's 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 a beautiful day uh when i do see the sun um, and then finally, uh, Antonio Brown. Oof. I do you want to just lead off with that because I I had a burning joke when I saw it and I tweeted it out and it did okay, but it wasn't necessarily you know the most well performing joke I've ever had. Sure. At Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the bars in Madison, Wisconsin, are harder on IDs than the NFL. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report 
with Pam Youngke. Caught up with so many good friends and industry leaders last week at our National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention, one of which, Jim Matheson. He is the Assistant Executive Director for the National Bison Association. In fact, he just made a visit to the state of Wisconsin. What's happening with that industry in light of the pandemic? He's one of our guests on this Monday morning. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on this, the 22nd day of November. On this day, back in 1995, Toy Story was released. That movie, produced by Pixar, follows the adventures of human-like toys. It was the world's first feature-length computer-animated movie, launched on this day in 1995. On this day in 1963, President John F. Kennedy, assassinated in Dallas, Texas, shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. That happened on this day back in 1963. Happy birthdays going out this morning to actress Jamie Lee Curtis. She is 63, and actress Scarlett Johansson. She is 37. And now you know. Everybody's been talking about it. The cost of your Thanksgiving meal this year is going up. That's according to surveys done by both the American Farm Bureau Federation and the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Veronica Nye is a senior economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. She said the cost on the Thanksgiving meal serving 10 went up about 14% this year. This year, the average price that our shoppers found when they went to the grocery stores all across the United States was $53.31. That is a feast for 10 with plenty of room for leftovers. It includes Thanksgiving staples like turkey, pumpkin pie, whipping cream, dinner rolls, cranberries, green beans, whole milk, frozen peas, a veggie tray consisting of carrots and celery, and miscellaneous ingredients to enjoy the meal. This is less than $6 per person, despite the fact that we saw a 14% increase in 2021 relative to 2020. That's obviously a sizable increase, and I think it's important to break that down just a little bit. The overall Thanksgiving market basket, about 45% of the cost is related to the cost of turkey. So when we take turkey out, the average increase in the cost of all the other ingredients was about 6.6% relative to 2020. Overall inflation in the U.S. economy at over 6.2% is certainly adding to the cost of all products in the U.S. economy, not just food products. We've seen unprecedented changes in consumer behavior, in supply chains, in all facets of U.S. life. So one of those elements is that once the pandemic began, we saw a significant shift in more consumers eating a larger share of their food at home versus away from home. That has an impact on food prices. Veronica Nye, a senior economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Now, like she pointed out, they're seeing nationally a 14% increase in the cost of this year's Thanksgiving meal. But they're also quick to point out they did their survey between October 26th and November 3rd, and there weren't many promotions, many coupons, many deals that were being offered by grocery stores. Veronica Nye says that all changed at the end of last week when a lot of grocery stores started offering specials on things like that Thanksgiving bird. Here in Wisconsin, we're experiencing a similar increase in the cost on the Thanksgiving meal. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation said this year to feed the family of 10, the cost is up about 17.25%. The cost here in Wisconsin, about $71.49 
$0.89, cents, so quite a little bit higher than the national average. Uh, right now, what they say is the largest increase is again on that Thanksgiving bird, uh, coming in at about $28.48 compared to a national average of $23.99. You can see all the details on the side-by-side survey at MidwestFarmReport.com. Meanwhile, Wisconsin's milk production continues to climb. That flies in the face of what's happening nationally. The October milk production figures released show that across the 24 major dairy-producing states, milk actually went down by a third of a percentage point. Meanwhile, here in Wisconsin, our milk production in October went up 2.7%. We're milking approximately 21,000 more milk cows this year than we did last. We're continuing to see cows leave the dairy industry National Ag Statistical Service says that in states like Arizona, California, and Colorado, they have seen literally thousands of cows that have been sent to slaughter. We'll take a quick break. Coming up in a moment, dairy was very, very robust on Friday, and it looks like grain is holding its own on a Monday. I've got your markets next. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Join us as we continue our monthly segment, The Gempler's Test Plot, only on the Midwest Farm Report. Stephanie Hoff here, and this month, Gempler's has equipped me to cut down my own Christmas tree. I'll need a bow saw, pruners, safety glasses, and lots of Carhartt. Tune in to see how Gempler's helps me start a new family tradition with the tools to do it right. Since 1939, Gempler's has been helping Wisconsin farmers, ranchers, and even folks looking to try something new get it done. Follow along with me at MidwestFarmReport.com. Boy, Friday in Chicago, the dairy complex took a big jump no matter where you looked. Barrel cheese on Friday was up six and a half at a dollar fifty two. Forty pound block cheese up twelve and three quarter cents to one eighty five and three quarters. Double A butter was up a penny. 204 and three quarters on Friday. Now, an overnight electronic trade this morning, basically everything is holding its own. Dairy right now, probably the quieter complex. We've got December milk that currently is trading down a penny, 1856 100 weight. January milk is up a nickel at 1903. Right now, December corn is up three at 573 and a half. January soybeans are up a penny and a half, 1264 and three quarters. December wheat is up 18 and a half at 841 and a half. July new crop wheat up 17 cents right now at 845 and three quarters. Getting to be that last call for the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. Uh, the application deadline for farms that want to apply for their portion of the Wisconsin Farm Support Program is the close of business on November 29th. Again, remember, this is an all-online process. Go to revenue.wi.gov and have your pre-qualified letter information with you. If you still need to reach out to the Department of Revenue, you can do that by calling them 608-266-2772. That's 608-266-2772. I'm speaking with Secretary of the Department of Revenue, Peter Barca, just a bit later this morning. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We'd like to take this moment to say thank you to our clients and staff members who continue to make Settlers Bank a preferred place to bank and work. We wish you the very best over the upcoming holidays and look forward to a prosperous new year. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. At Dairyland Seed, we're proud to offer our strongest ever lineup of top-performing seed. So proud that we're just going to stop talking and let the results speak for themselves. For corn, 210 top five finishers in independent trials. Silage, 200 top five finishers for tons per acre, milk per ton, and milk per acre in independent trials. Soybeans, 46 top five finishers in independent trials. And alfalfa, a 6.9% yield advantage in 502 head-to-head comparisons. Learn more about how we're bringing the yield at DairylandSeed.com. Celebrate our century in sesquicentennial farms across Wisconsin. There is a growing list of over 1,800 farms across the state that have been family-owned for 100 or 150 years. Besides being recognized at the Wisconsin State Fair, you can find out about them all year long thanks to our friends at Compere Financial. Meet the families and hear the stories by logging on to MidwestFarmReport.com where more are added each month. It's all thanks to Compere Financial, committed to agriculture and rural America. Celebrate century in sesquicentennial farms with the Midwest Farm Report. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So I'm last week in Kansas City. We'll talk with him again tomorrow morning. John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend will be our guest. And no doubt we will be talking about that surging dairy complex. Barrel and block cheese up big time and butter even gaining ground. He'll be our guest tomorrow morning. Well, one of the super folks that we bumped into last week during our National Association of Farm Broadcasters convention in Kansas City was Jim Matheson. Jim is the Assistant Executive Director for the National Bison Association. And as a matter of fact, he just wrapped up a trip to the state of Wisconsin, where our own bison producers were gathered together. Talked to Jim a little bit and asked him to tell me how the industry is doing in light of the pandemic and what kind of growth they expect to see. You know, we really saw consumers out there educating themselves on what they're bringing home and feeding their families and discovering what a great protein bison is in the process. Did that uh, so spike numbers as far as consumption? And, you know, at the same time it goes up, then you have to figure out a way to get it to them. That's right, exactly. So no different during the pandemic in terms of bottleneck uh, and processing and that sort of thing. And we did see bulk buying initially there during the pandemic. But I think the, the encouraging thing for us is that our year-to-date processing at the federal level is up 5% year-to-date over last year. Nice. So this trend is sticking around and folks have discovered bison and are coming back, which is wonderful to see and exactly what we want. I know you just made a trip to Wisconsin for our bison uh, association meeting. Tell me a little bit about how the growers are responding. Yep, uh, absolutely. 
really great group of people there. I went to Hudson, Wisconsin and attended the Wisconsin Bison Producers Association meeting. Uh, we had about 50 people in attendance. Great group of growers out there, a lot of small farmers raising bison. Uh, and they, you know, they're, they're kind of still grappling with processing bottlenecks as well. And just to meet the consumer demand, though, they kind of reported the same thing, that they're have their, their customer base has grown and they're doing their best to deliver the product to them. Now, have we seen more animals added on? Uh, what are we looking at there, Jane? You know, anytime that you see a market grow like that, you worry that it's going to plateau or worse, uh, Right. You know, our growth in terms of production has been very slow and steady, which we like. Uh, we don't like peaks and valleys. We yeah, like slow, right. steady hills. And as the market has grown, we are seeing more and more producers switch over to bison, but on a very small level, you know, it's, it is quite a daunting task to sort of transition from any livestock species to bison. They will require a little bit more fencing, uh, a little education on how you handle them and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, we are growing the herd. Well, and you're also trying to grow people's perspective on what bison offers. Uh, you made the comment, and I agree, most everybody has sampled bison one way or the other, probably burger. You're trying to get them to open their horizons a bit. That's right. Yes, by now, a lot of folks have had a buffalo burger, the ubiquitous buffalo burger, and we're trying to encourage people to look beyond the bison burger, you know, to the many other cuts. We have essentially the same cuts as a beef animal would have. So, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, the short ribs are incredible. The roasts are incredible. Uh, the steaks, of course, are so tender. You can cut them with a fork. Uh, just a wonderful product when done right, you know. So a big piece of that is uh, education on cooking. And we've got some great videos on our website at bisoncentral.com on how to cook bison properly. That's what I want people to understand. The National Bison Association is all about research, education, promotion. Uh, but you've, you've, like many, have limited resources. So how do you try to make sure you're stretching those dollars? You've got research, but... To your point about growth in the industry, National Bison Associations calculated on how they do things. That's a great question. You know, we are a nonprofit trade association with a, a pretty lean budget, <laughs> and uh, but we do a lot of partnerships. You know, and we're, we're very much a grassroots organization uh, that do all we can to stretch our dollars. We don't have a checkoff program with Bison, but we do have a voluntary growth fund where we do ask similarly for a dollar per head processed. And that brings in some very important dollars for us uh, that we stretch to no end <laughs> in right. terms of our outreach. Right. Tell me about the research efforts in South Dakota. That was a, a long-term plan that's finally coming into play. Yeah, it's very exciting. Last year, you know, one of the bright points of the pandemic, I suppose, is that we were able to still open the Center of Excellence for Bison Studies at South Dakota State University. And this has been in the works for about three years prior to that, uh, working very closely with the National Buffalo Foundation, uh, who was able to raise the funds in order to get this open, and South Dakota State University, who are proving to be wonderful partners. So it just opened last year, about a year ago, and as of July, we already had eight research projects underway at the center, looking at everything from the economics of bison ranching, to the ecological aspects, to the marketing aspects, to some tribal issues associated with it. So really diverse studies going on there and across the board that's all going to benefit us as an industry. You know, that phrase sustainability all of a sudden pops to mind. I'm guessing that's a story you guys have been telling since the beginning of the association. <laughs> that is absolutely right. You know, this is an animal that uh, sustained the plains, honestly. Uh, evolved with North American grasslands for over 200,000 years and is the picture of sustainability, you know. Uh, and that speaks to how we raise the animal. Our management is we take a very holistic approach to management uh, and really, yeah, want to shine a light on this great species that is very sustainable. 
Jim Matheson along with us, uh, one of the assistant executive directors for the National Bison Association. Now you made comment earlier about a National Buffalo Association. Help people understand a little bit on everybody's in the same camp, but there are some differentiating points. Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, the National Buffalo Foundation uh, is a foundation that we help administer, and they're focused on research and education. Uh, so hence the connection to the center of excellence there. We have another foundation that we help administer called the Thrillson American Bison Foundation. They focus solely on scholarships to help support students uh, that are involved with bison and animal science uh, studies, etc. So we just actually announced in November uh, three students that would receive next year's Thrillson American Bison Scholarship Award, totaling $15,000 supporting these students across the country. Excellent. Looking at that next generation. Speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about supply of animals, price on animals, because uh, it's nice to see the industry grow, but those genetics, uh, all the demand can sometimes influence prices. Yeah, that's right. And we're no different. Um, you know, our prices have been very steady. So for 10 years now, we've essentially been between 4 and $5 a pound on the rail for carcass price. Uh, we are down right now to 3.87 a pound, uh, which is still very good. You know, in our, our line of business, it's, it's very vertically integrated. We try and take care of the producer, uh, and everybody in the supply chain is able to, to get a fair cut, basically. So, uh, but, you know, uh, everything has affected us like everyone else, supply chain issues, labor shortages, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, our prices have stayed at the retail level, has stayed pretty steady. And as the prices for beef and pork have risen, it's shortened that margin you know, for folks to try again, bison for the first time. It's not that much of a leap to buy a $10 pound of ground versus a $7 pound of beef, you know? So that, that's really been helping us. And we're typically about twice the value of beef uh, at the carcass price. So I think prime beef's around a buck ninety a pound now. We're at three eighty-seven a pound. So that's pretty typical uh, from what we see. Talk to me about the live animals, people that want to get into the industry. How much am I going to be shelling out for a good bull or to get a herd started? Absolutely, you know, and with the drought that we're seeing across a lot of the, the northern regions, that has resulted in, I wouldn't say herd liquidations, but downsizing. So there's a bit more animals on the market right now than typical in a, in a market season. We have a bison market season or auction season from October to March. So we're just getting into this year's auction season and prices, they're a little bit down, but not terribly. So, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for people to get into the bison business right now. Uh, you know, calves are going for between $750 and $1,000 per head, thereabouts, which is down significantly from even three years ago. There had been conversation, too, about genetics. Everybody always talks about the custer uh, animals and yep. things like that. Yep. Update me on that, would you, Jim? Absolutely. So genetics is a very important piece of bison ranching and farming. You know, we have to keep a close eye on our genetics because... Only 150 years ago, there was less than a thousand animals left in the world, uh, bison, and you know that is a pretty small gene pool to work with. But the benefit is that we don't do artificial insemination; we rely on romance in the pasture, and uh, you know that has really benefited us uh, in terms of genetic diversity. Yeah, I mean we are far more diverse than the dairy industry, for example, mm -hmm. and things like that. So our members and our producers are very good about bringing in new bulls every so often and mixing up those genetics to maintain a healthy herd. Interesting, Jim Matheson, along with us from the National Bison Association. If I'm wanting to learn more about the industry or if I want to get some of those recipes, that website again, Jim. BisonCentral.com. 
BisonCentral.com. Good guy, Jim Matheson, Assistant Executive Director for the National Bison Association, speaking with me at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters down in Kansas City. He was very complimentary of our Wisconsin bison producers and said he looked forward to 